Hi, this is Alana. Thanks for listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. We have taken a few weeks off. Our family was in the middle of a move and are settling back in now. Lots of fun things coming up. What I want to share with you for the next couple episodes are some podcast episodes I recorded with my husband, Scott, for our Level Up Personal Development Podcast. And in these episodes, we're talking about the four different MBTI personality pairs. And this is going to serve as kind of a teaser for a webinar that will be at the end of this coming week. So I hope you can join me on Friday, July 24th, 2020, for a free author training on how to write compelling characters using what we know about the MBTI personality profiling tools. So you can check this out and sign up at courses.alanaterry.com slash webinar. And I hope you enjoy our discussion about the MBTI personality pairs. So we get to talk about thinking and feeling today. Thinking and feeling, yeah. So um, just kind of a, a brief recap. We talked about the Myers-Briggs type indicator uh, and how we have these different preference pairs that you're able to come away with. And one of the one of the things that we look at is how are how we react to certain situations. You know, the the first preference pair that we look at is whether we're an extrovert or an introvert. Mm-hmm. Uh, does not necessarily mean that all introverts are shy and all extroverts are gregarious. You can go back a couple of episodes and get a little bit more detailed in that. And then last week we looked at kind of how we take in information. So the first one, extrovert and introvert, is kind of how we recharge our batteries. Mm-hmm. You know, how we direct energy and how we receive energy. Yeah. How we're energized. Last week we looked at how we take in information, whether it's we do that sensory or we do that through our intuition. The intuition being more of the kind of brainstormer who's going to be looking at, at all the different possibilities that could be, while the sensor is going to be like... No, these are these are the things that are right in front of me. It's kind of mm-hmm. data driven. I always mm-hmm. want to have the information in front of me. Right. And so now the next step that we're going to look at is once we receive that information, how do we decide and come to a, de- a conclusion about any decision that we're coming up with? Mm-hmm. And that's that's actually really really important. And this is one of the ones that I think people tend to get overly. I don't know, weird about, you know, it's like some right. people think that it can get, heated. It can get you know, because some people think that, well, he either, all he does is think he, he never, you know, mm-hmm. uses his heart or all she does is, you know, use her emotions and she's never thinking through it. And, and I use those personal pronouns actually intentionally, because this mm-hmm. is the one and only area where there seems to be anything other than about a 50, 50 split uh, in terms of global population on this. And this is the one area where, Females tend about 70% of the time to be a feeler, and males tend about 70% of the time to be a thinker. Mm-hmm. The other three dichotomies, it's about 50 50, 41 right. or 49, 51, something like that. Yeah. This is the only one where there's a separation, and people I think tend to or can very much tend to uh, see that in, in a negative light. You know, I if, think so. I mean, I think most of us understand that, you know, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, that's just kind of, there's no value assigned. Sure. One's not better, one's not worse. But I think when it comes to thinking and feeling, I think that since it's so just innate and natural to us, that we just assume that our way of doing it is 
the better way. Sure. And yeah, it can for sure cause problems because a thinker at a thinker's worst will come across as very cold and calculating. Mm-hmm. And a feeler at a feeler's worst is going to be just very illogical and, you know, overly emotional about things. And Yeah, I mean, think of Kirk and Spock. Mm-hmm. You know, Spock in the original Star Trek was very much the logical. He he arrived at decisions through his logic, mm-hmm. uh, through thinking. Kirk didn't. Kirk, of all the captains, Kirk was the most emotional mm. captain. You know, he kind of reacted to a situation emotionally. Well, you know me, I don't really watch the original. Well, yeah, <laughs> they've become, you know, mm. they've become pop culture icons. All right, all right. <laughs> it's a, a pretty decent way. Uh, by the way, we, we are going to uh, ingest some Star Trek later on. Yes, we but are. The, the Picard. Yes, I've yeah. enjoyed. You're dating this. People will know when, <laughs> about when yeah. we're recording. So thinking, you know, people see kind of as that Spock, that cold calculating, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Kirk, or, you know, feeling you see kind of as the, I'm going to act and then, you know. Just be rain. very irrational. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Unpredictable. Irrational is, is mm-hmm. I think, a good word. But in really what it is, it's, there are, it's how we deal with the information that we take in. Mm-hmm. And there are positives and there are, well... I don't want to say there are positives and negatives. There are our strengths, strengths and there are and, weaknesses yeah. mm-hmm. uh, in that. You and I, I am very much a thinker. Mm-hmm. I arrive at decisions through logical reasoning, mm-hmm. Aristotelian, Socratic logic. I like to, you know, A plus B equals C. Mm-hmm. Those sorts of things just work for me. You tend to look more at how your values are going to affect the decision. Well, and I like nuances and gray areas. And, you know, that's where being a fiction author comes in for sure. Sure. You know, I don't... For you, there are certain questions that are just kind of clear cut, whether yeah. it's There's no gray. Or, yeah. There, and for me, like, I love exploring the gray area. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, it's all the nuances. Sure. And for me, that nuance can be very frustrating mm-hmm. because I don't see the nuance. And so sometimes I feel like you're just kind of building in nuance to something that really isn't there. Right, right. It's this is the way it is. Mm-hmm. White is white and black is black. There's mm-hmm. no, where the line is, it, it isn't gray. Right, right. It just, it's a hard line yeah. between one or the other. Yeah, I would guess that a thinker would see things more kind of binary and a, uh, a feeler, maybe everything's more along a spectrum. That, that could very well be. It kind of reminds me of our very first fight about uh, <laughs> Dostoevsky. We both read Crime and Punishment. And this is way, way back before we were engaged. And in your mind, the main character was unredeemable. Sure. He murdered in cold blood. By was, was, you mean is. There was nothing redeemable about him. And in my mind, I, I wasn't even saying that he was a good guy. My argument was that Dostoevsky wrote the character to be sympathizable mm-hmm. if that's a word and yeah i think that right there is a perfect example of thinking and feeling yeah well and, and you, you brought up first fight and my my uh, mine went to our first fight after we were married we make it sound like we fight a lot we actually fight very seldom actually no i disagree with that i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> the uh remember the, the trip when we were driving north through california yeah uh-huh and i wanted to leave we had an old beater car and it uh, tended to overheat on Mm -hmm. hot days especially as we were going uphill and I was very adamant that we had to leave our hotel Mm -hmm. at like seven o'clock in the morning Mm -hmm. and be driving so that we could hit the mountains going into Oregon before it got super hot hot because I didn't want the car to overdrive to overheat and I was thinking like the very logical like this is what's Mm -hmm. going to happen in this and you were like 
I just want to, you know, relax and yeah. be, you know, comfortable and just kind of enjoy the trip. Yeah, because I, was... I knew we were only going to be on the road for like three or four hours. I'm like, what's the rush, man? <laughs> it was, yeah, it was a very different, yeah. uh, very different way of looking at it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, what are some, you know, we haven't done this with all the pairs, but I think it might be a good place to at least start. In case people don't know, what's what are some questions, kind of like a litmus test, if people don't know if they're a thinker or a feeler? A lot of it, I think, is how you react situationally. Mm-hmm. You know, for instance, I mean, let's look at, uh, let's say your boss comes to you and says, you know, I want to talk to you at four o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. You know, as a thinker, you might start to think about, okay, these are, this, these are the things that my boss wants to talk, talk uh-huh. to me about. As a feeler, you might start to think about the different possibilities. Is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? Yeah, am I going to get fired? You know, those sorts of things. I honestly think that most thinkers are going to be able to kind of tell mm-hmm. who they are. Mm-hmm. Feelers might have a little bit more difficult I think time because so. so there's more nuance. Maybe if you don't know that you're a thinker, maybe assume that you're a feeler until, you know, <laughs> until you logic find out otherwise. proves otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> well, and let's kind of break it down a little bit. I mean, just looking at the difference between somebody who decides and comes to a decision based on thinking or based on feeling. Mm-hmm. So a thinker might, they, they are, not might, I think in, in almost all cases, they're going to try to apply a logical reasoning to whatever this, the decision is. Mm-hmm. You know, we've talked about when we moved into this home here. Right. And and we talked about how, how I broke down like it was in a good location. Mm-hmm. It cost what we needed. It mm-hmm. had the number of bedrooms that we needed. It mm-hmm. had the yard that we needed. And right. I said, logic dictates that this mm-hmm. is going to be the place for us. Mm-hmm. And you had these nuanced, I wanted to feel value-based. And... Yeah, mm-hmm. so a feeler mm-hmm. might base their decision on values for you, one of your values was, you know, how does it feel? Mm-hmm. Does it have, and I'm can not talking feng it? shui, I'm talking about, yeah, can <laughs> yeah. I pace? Yeah. You know, is it going to work for my office? Those mm-hmm. sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Very different ways of looking at yeah. it. But, you know, I think, I don't want to give the impression that thinkers are so cold and calculating because I think that that might be kind of a misconception. So I think that in addition to, let's just stick with the house argument, I think one of the factors that you logically could have considered is, will my wife be happy here? Yeah, absolutely. You know, like, a thinker still cares about the feelings of others. And, you know, I didn't want it to come across like, you know, all they care about is, you know, the data. Because part of the data is, is this going to make the people around me happy? Which is right. important. It, it absolutely is. However, um, somebody who is a thinker might tend to use cause and effect analysis rather than how somebody's going to react. Mm, yeah. You know, that makes no sense to me. <laughs> so, like, if if I'm a business owner, okay, and I have to downsize, uh-huh. I look at the bottom line and say our payroll is a hundred thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. We have to cut payroll down to seventy five thousand dollars a month. I have to cut twenty five thousand dollars a month in payroll. Okay, can I give the litmus test? Because I think I know sure. where this is going. You know, you're a feeler if you your very first thought in that scenario is, okay, I'm going to, like, cut my own <laughs> salary. <laughs> well, and that that might be an option. But, uh-huh. I mean, let's say you're a business owner. You don't – a lot of business owners aren't taking a salary. Which, if you are a business owner, take a salary. There we <laughs> go. It, That's our business advice for the If for you're the not, you know, so you, you – a thinker is going to arrive at this and say, okay, I have to do this, and I am going to do my best to separate myself – from how other people are going to be affected. I'm going to mm-hmm. try to base the cuts on what is needed 
and what is most beneficial for the company. Yeah. A feeler. I'm going to stick with like this person has been the most loyal. This person contributes the most to the environment. This person has a family of five and this person has a family of three. I wonder that's probably not technically legal to consider that as No, I, I, I would doubt it's legal. Yeah. But, but it would for sure. Might, it, yeah. The I feeler mean, is going to be like, well, how is this going to affect this person? Yeah. If I have to fire the, you know, 23 year old college grad whom I can give a glowing recommendation to for any job, and this isn't even the career they want to stay in forever, or the person who's been with me for 35 years and, you know, has kids they're putting through college on that salary. Sure. There <laughs> yeah. are, there's a different way of looking at that. Sure. And when I was doing my, my certification, that this was that was kind of what we were coming up mm. with was you have to downsize, you have to cut. How do you do this? Wow. And, you know, invariably the feelers are saying, well, I need to look at how this is going to affect. Mm -hmm. And the the thinkers, we were the bottom liners. We were like, this is what the bottom line is Mm. and this is what we have to do. Now, it can be hard, but I still have to do it. it doesn't mean that you don't care. Yeah, I'm not cold and I'm not -hmm. not unfeeling toward people's predicaments. But I have to look and say, this is this is the bottom line. Yeah. Well, and I'm going to throw out there a word to my fellow feelers listening because... Not having, if you haven't thought through these scenarios, it sounds like what you're saying sounds terrible to (laughs) to a feeler who's never thought about what it's like for a thinker. But I I think it's important to appreciate that there are people who can make those decisions. You and I have this talk when we talk about history. There are some decisions that I would have never, ever made. Sure. But I can recognize that I am glad some people have the um had the, the, foresight, logic, the logic yeah. <laughs> the ability to turn off emotions and, and think through do the right things. thing the, yeah. there's a need for that and or, we don't need to get into those but mm-hmm. absolutely there are yeah. times for both of them there are absolutely. other times where you really have to be able to kind of feel your way through a situation yes. there might not as much as spock might like to say there's always an emotional or there's always a logical decision mm-hmm. in reality sometimes there's a much you have to be much more emotional in the way that you do it or yeah. instead of spock and kirk it's data and wharf mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. wharf is more emotional data is yeah. is not right another thing that that comes up a lot is when you have to deal with kind of let's say you're you're giving a an employee review okay you know a thinker might be more likely to provide a critique, not not even a bad critique, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. These are but the things you know, I want you constructive to criticism. Like, okay, you, you do well here, here, and here. These are the things I want you to work on. Mm-hmm. As opposed to a feeler who might be much more apt to just heap praise for all the mm-hmm. good things and say, oh, by the way, I needed to do this. And kind yeah. of minimize the critique and maximize the praise. I think this can come across in parenting as well. You know, I know there are some times where our kids just need to hear some tough truth. And my tendency, probably both as the mom and as the feeler, would be to, you know, want to shield them from that and soften it up. And sometimes they just need it. You know, they need the metaphorical smackdown. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Just that this is how it's going to be. You messed up. Here's your consequence. Sure. You know, I think I could see that coming out in not just the corporate world, but in a family situation or something like that. And just about any situation. Whenever we're making a decision, a thinker Mm -hmm. is going to be much more likely to step completely out of the situation. Right. And try to decide completely objectively. So super interesting, kind of unrelated, but I found it really interesting. So when... I'll, I'll give the backstory. I'm writing a series, or I just published a series about um, a plane hij- hijacking. 
And I needed to know kind of the emergency response protocol for when the plane it, it crash landed. And I needed to know kind of what the EMTs and the paramedics and all the responders, kind of what they would do. And so what I was told is that, you know, you've got a triage. And so if somebody's, and it, it sounds horrible, if someone's going to die in a case like that where there's like 100 injuries and you know 12 people working you you have to you have to ask yourself you have to turn off the emotion mm -hmm. and say who is realistically going to survive mm -hmm. and start with those people and what i found was that the ideal person to make that decision isn't a doctor or a nurse but it's a dentist mm. because a dentist has enough medical knowledge to know you know, to be able to tell the difference between, okay, this person's so far gone, it's just, it's, we can't do anything yeah. versus, okay, this person's injured, but we can help them. And so a dentist has the medical knowledge to make those decisions, but they don't have the practical skills to try to save everybody. Oh, sure. And I mean, it's, it's a horrible scenario. It is. But I think it's, it's, again, sometimes there are some situations where, where, you have to kind of turn off the feeling side of it. Triage is a, is a perfect example yeah. of that. And it, it's an extreme example, battlefield mm -hmm. medicine. I mean, I, I grew up watching MASH, and there are several episodes mm -hmm. where they, they discuss triage and how, you know, so-and-so shouldn't have been brought in because they really don't have a chance. Yeah. And I can save more lives while I'm working on this one, and it's not going to work. It's, it's a very hard decision. Oh, it is, especially if you're in the medical profession. I'm going to assume that you're a very compassionate person because sure. that's what you're drawn to. So, yeah, those kinds of choices have to just rip you up. But sometimes you just got to do it. Yeah, that's that's why I think it's easier for thinkers because that's a natural tendency yes. as to where a feeler has to turn that mm -hmm. emotion off. Yeah, well, I think that's one reason why, you know, you mentioned that your stress level's up these past couple of weeks because of work things. But, like, I know I couldn't last a week doing the kind of stuff you do for that reason. It's, it's challenging because mm -hmm. I know what needs to be done. Yep. And when it's not getting done, that frustrates me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a feeler, I mean, there are people who, most people in my job are not feelers because, because they the find it difficult. <laughs> yeah, they can't stay at they, it for a long time because they get out, really sure. emotionally mm -hmm. involved. And and yeah. I do feel for the, the children and oh, the yeah. adults that I'm working yeah, You're with. a very compassionate person. I don't want anyone to get the, the impression that you're not. But I have to be able to operate in a logical sense yeah. in order to make the, the right decision for people. Yep. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, realizing that the decisions I make can have lifetime implications. Right. And when you're making that decision for a six-year-old, no, that can be even, very yeah, challenging. I can't even put myself in that. Like, I can't mentally picture being there. Again, I think it's an example of, like, I am so glad there are people like you who can do it, and I just know I couldn't. Sure. And and that's that's just it. With all of these, there are going to be people who have specializations mm -hmm. in one thing or another. There are places where yeah. a feeler might do better. There are places where a, a thinker might do better. Yeah. doesn't mean that the opposite can't do the job. Right. But they have to make the natural, they have to make the adjustments away from the natural mm -hmm. in order to do the things that don't come as naturally. Like a feeler who's doing uh, triage, yeah. they have to turn that off. Yeah. And then they can become jaded, they can become burned out. Mm -hmm. I would guess, and I don't have any statistics to back this up, but I would guess that somebody who is a thinker and is an ER triage nurse 
uh, they're going to last longer than somebody mm-hmm. who is a feeler and is an ER triage nurse. Yeah, in general, I think you're right. And, you know, if you are the ER triage nurse and a feeler, I just think it's important to probably even focus more on the self-care side of it so that you have Absolutely. those outlets to to decompress. And Can you think of a time where you've had to act, like, totally outside, like you've had to act in the sphere of a feeler? I mean, I know we, we everybody has to function in both realms but can you think of a an example well i think for me you know being in ministry as long as i've been mm-hmm. you know ministry is working with people mm-hmm. and it can be very difficult sometimes dealing with the mess that is people's lives yeah and yeah, so there have been the a lot of times where i want to say this is what you have to do mm-hmm. but i've had to to put away that thinking part of me and respond in compassion with more mm-hmm. of a feeling and and think about how how the action that needs to happen is going to have an overall effect. Right. And that even that bleeds into what I what I do now. Mm-hmm. You know, I know what needs to be done based on the logical progression of A to B to C to D. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I need to remember but how is this going to affect person the person over here who's who this is happening to or yeah. who is being affected in, in other ways. Mm-hmm. I have to be able to do that. And that can be hard sometimes. Sometimes, you know, I go out to a home visit and I sit down with a foster parent and I say, you know, you need to follow this regulation and do this regulation and do this regulation. And all that foster parent wants to do is say, you know, these kids have been driving me bananas. Right. They just want to I need to put away <laughs> the logical side. Right, right. And I need to sit down and say, okay, just... Kind of, you know, yeah, tell me what's going vomit on, on me, you know, and, and let it let it out because yeah. I, you know, I'm here for that. Right. It can be it's challenging because it's outside of my comfort zone. Yeah, your feet are being really loud. Oh, are they? <laughs> if you guys are hearing weird noises. Oh, it's the chair that I'm in. Not a problem. I'll try not to move so much. No, you're fine. I just <laughs> now you're going to be self conscious. I'm sorry. Another thing that we we deal with when we look at thinking versus feeling is how we deal with differences. Mm-hmm. Because a thinker, I think, is going to think seek the objective truth. This is black. Right. As to where the feeler might say, yeah, well, it's really more of a shade of gray. That's kind of yeah. what we talked about Or I about can see this side earlier. of it just as well as I can see that side of it. Sure, yeah. yeah. You know, I mean, I think of art. You know, like you and I have had this conversation before. Most modern art I look at and I personally say that's not art. That's a pile of trash. Mm-hmm. And you can look at it and say, well, okay, it might be a pile of trash, but I can see what the artist is trying to imply with this pile of trash. Yeah, or, you know, I, I like abstract stuff because it's not clear cut yeah, and black and Yeah, and I don't. Yeah. I would much rather look at a portrait. Mm-hmm, Dad, I find portraits totally boring. And I look at it and go, wow, look at the, look <laughs> the, at the skill. skill that comes into that. You yeah, know, just, and uh, for me it's more about the, the emotion that the art evokes, I think. It's yeah, that's a good example. If you look at art for just to recognize the skill, or if you kind of look at it for the emotional, I don't know, the emotional resonance. Yeah, which doesn't make sense to me, but I'll I'll trust you there. Yeah, I wonder if music music might be the same too. You know, it is for me, but I know for a lot of people, music is actually very logical. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because there's a logical progression of the notes and mm-hmm. this and mm-hmm. that and the other, which I don't get. But yeah. I think music can, can touch both sides, I think, mm-hmm. equally well. For me, music doesn't do anything because yeah. I don't I don't get any emotional. I get zero emotional response 
from any music, sacred or secular. And very, you're very an android. Really. May as well admit it. <laughs> but there are other areas that, you know, I get a lot of deep, if not emotional response, a lot of deep response. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, you if know. I'm studying, doing something where I'm, you mm-hmm. know, getting information, being able to put, put you know, pen to paper to, mm-hmm. you know, kind of make it all work. That mm-hmm. means a lot more to me. For sure. Another thing, you know, again, kind of coming back to dealing with different viewpoints or something, a thinker, I think, is going to be wanting to ask questions to try to clarify, to get to the bottom, to mm-hmm. you know, to get as much information as possible to make a decision, mm-hmm. as to where a feeler is going to be more, more likely to look for common ground and find where we agree, mm-hmm. and then kind of launch from that point Mm -hmm. and i think that's a natural tendency within the thinker feeler dichotomy is a thinker is going to try to get information a feeler is going to try to find common ground and maybe you know fix things more i could see a feeler being more of the peacekeeper let's try to avoid conflict if we can kind of person in some ways though but then there are other ways where i think the thinker is the one who really wants to fix things really like if i come home from work and you just want to complain about and complain isn't the right word but you want to share about you know something that's happened yeah that's got you down if i'm disappointed about something you want to dive in to fix it exactly and what I can i do just, to fix it yeah and just, you're like i just to want to talk to you and, <laughs> yeah. and that took that's me a true. long time and it takes a lot of people a long time to figure yeah. that out that sometimes somebody just wants to talk yeah they don't want you to go fix it because i can go and you know do what i have to do to mm-hmm. get it fixed mm-hmm. and sometimes i think the best question is do you want advice or do you want me to listen or do you want me to solve it (laughs) yeah absolutely and i've gotten to the point where i've asked those questions Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. are you wanting me to fix this yeah if not okay go ahead and and speak away yeah share away vent away Mm -hmm. if you want me to fix this and you do okay tell me what you need right and i'll give you the options and then Mm -hmm. we'll go and we'll do our best to fix it yeah You know, before we go too much farther, there's something I've been wanting to mention too. This is maybe a misconception that some people might have. And that would be that like a thinker would be more intellectual than a feeler or, you know, this has nothing to do with intelligence or even academics. You know, I think feelers learn just as... Absolutely. This is not about how smart you are, how where your IQ Mm -hmm. is. This Mm -hmm. is just how you make decisions. And I think that's part of the reason why people kind of shy away from the thinker-feeler dichotomy Mm -hmm. because to say you're a thinker means that you are implying that you're smart right as opposed to a feeler who is automatically going to be less smart because they're just Mm -hmm. thinking with their heart yeah and that's not at all true yeah Uh, this has nothing to do this is all about just how we make the decisions are we going to follow a logical progression what what I see is a logical progression. My now, now my logic might be flawed, right, right. But that's my logical progression. You're going to let your logic dictate your choices, exactly. Mm-hmm. Or am I going to kind of let let my values dictate my choices? Mm-hmm. And I want to be careful because it's not just feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, like I have my values and my val- and your our values are are pretty similar. Mm-hmm. My values are tied up in, or my logic is tied up in my values. But there are most or rare times where I'm going to look and say, well, how does this affect me based on whatever my value is of the moment? Mm, yeah, and for me, that's that's always right. in the forefront. You know, as an example, we've been looking at different like investment kinds of things. And I was super excited to find different organizations where you can invest in 
you know, like creative projects. You can choose between like the arts or helping developing communities or things like that. And in my mind, it was like, this is so cool. I can basically, I look at it as like, I can donate to something I feel amazing about. And then in 10 years, I'm going to actually get more money back that I can go <laughs> donate. Like, that's how I see it. Whereas like a thinker would just be, well, what's the percent return on this? Absolutely. You know? <laughs> that means an awful lot more to me. Yeah. You know, what are the logical implications of right. this than... How is this going to affect? Yeah, you know? and for me, I, I was getting super excited. I was like, oh, I could start. Like, I really did. Like, I can not only donate, but I'm going to get money back eventually. <laughs> but I can go donate that money. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very different in yeah. the way that we kind of handle that. But ultimately, we're still going to come to a decision. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. really, when it comes down to it, is I think that I think it might be more uh, focused on a task you know, coming to the decision as to where a feeler might be more focused on a relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. going back to, you know, having to cut a salary. The task is to cut the, the salary. You know, it's really funny is I I heard salary, but my brain was thinking celery. Yeah, but nobody cuts celery because it's gross. <laughs> and I'm just picturing a little chef like I didn't wish I had to cut the salary. <laughs> but if you got to, you got to. You got to cut the salary, guys. Just cut that celery. <laughs> you know, as long as, if you're a feeler, as long as the relationships remain intact. You know, the difference is the task versus the relationship. Yeah, for sure. And thinkers can tend to be to not focus on relation relational mm-hmm. issues mm-hmm. because they're simply focused on the task at the hand. numbers yeah and that can be problematic mm-hmm. and if we're a thinker if you're like me and you're a thinker you have to be very cautious in how you approach things mm-hmm. because it may have a detrimental effect on a relationship and right. that's not always good mm-hmm. in fact it's usually not good yeah you know i would have to kind of go back and do a mental inventory that i might not be able to do like on the spur of the moment but i would guess that the majority of our marriage moments come from or at least have this thinker versus feeler coming into play i i honestly believe so it's such an important part of who we are and the mm-hmm. way that we interact with each other when we're making decisions mm-hmm. and you know relationally it can be challenging and the the opposite is true too if you're so focused on relationships it's very possible to completely miss the important things that have to be done or the important decisions that have to be made, Mm -hmm. you know, to the point that you might be incapable of making a decision because there's no, because you're so focused on the relationships or you're you're just kind of Mm -hmm. getting caught up in Mm -hmm. this vortex that you're unable to just step outside of that. And sometimes we have to do it again. Triage was a perfect example. Mm -hmm. You have to step outside of your emotion. Yeah. In order to do the most good. Right. I had a conversation with a friend who's a feeler and kind of a consummate people pleaser. And we kind of had that discussion because she's the kind of person who will drop everything for anybody, but can sometimes get taken advantage of because of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my discussion and my advice to her and to feelers slash people pleasers who are listening is sometimes you do, I think, you know, kind of get into that mindset of triage. I'm glad we brought up that example. Sometimes the very best thing you can do is to step away and put up some boundaries because you want to 
you want to be able to serve people in the long run. And sometimes, you know, Miss Next Door Neighbor's immediate needs aren't the best use of your time. And it's really hard when you're in that kind of personality trait of always wanting to do everything for everybody. It's super hard. And, okay, I'm not talking about, like, you know, emergencies or things like that. I mean, we absolutely need to be taking care of each other, having compassion. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of talking about the people who... You know, if you offer to give them one ride once, then automatically they think you're their on-call chauffeur for the rest of (laughs) your life. That's kind of what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the best thing to do is say, you know what, I want to be healthy and physically and mentally strong. And I want to be that way so that I can keep on helping people for decades. Mm -hmm. And dropping everything to, to do this one thing isn't the best use of my time. And you and I can easily look at a lot of practical reasons why that wouldn't work. You know, just mm-hmm. the amount of time means that you can't do X, Y, and Z. Exactly. You know, it's very easy for people who are incapable of saying no to get so buried in all mm-hmm. the things they're doing yep. that they're really not doing anything useful. Yeah, it's just a hamster in a wheel. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's yeah, there's never any progress because they're yeah. always working for for others or whatever right. it might be, and that can be challenging. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But again, you know, this isn't our excuse to not help out when genuinely there's a no, an absolutely. Issue. If, yeah. if there's a genuine need at three o'clock in the morning, I will get up and go mm-hmm. do whatever needs yeah. to be done. Yeah, I might not enjoy it. I might complain and grumble about <laughs> it, but I'm gonna do it. Yeah, you know, and that's what we need to be willing to do. Mm-hmm. That's also that's both a thinker and a, uh, a feeler yeah. response. Yeah, but I think if, if you're the kind of person who's always feeling pulled in too many directions, sometimes I think you need to put on your thinker hat and just decide what really is important. What are the things that only you can do? Sure. And don't let your decisions be made just because of other people's needs. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's in a nutshell, thinking and feeling. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right. Thanks for listening to the Successful Writer Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please remember to sign up if you're interested on more information about personality profiling and the MBTI and how to use this tool to write the most compelling characters possible for your novels. Join me on Friday, July 24th, 2020 for a free training on using the MBTI personality tools to write really engaging and realistic characters. You can sign up for free at courses.awanateria.com slash webinar. We'll talk to you soon.